Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, conversations with everyday people working on important issues here in Columbus and all around Ohio. I'm Carolyn Harding, and today I'm talking with Zerka Abid, Columbus community leader and candidate for U.S. Congress, Ohio District 15. Zerka Abid is a small business owner, an award-winning nonprofit leader, and a woman's rights advocate. She is running as a Democrat for U.S. Congress out of Ohio's 15th Congressional District against incumbent and Republican Mike Carey. She is the founder, president, and executive director of the largest Muslim social service organization in Ohio, My Project USA. She served as the Greater Hilltop Area Commissioner and as the Public Safety Chair and has served more than 300,000 Ohioans and has saved thousands of children. The impact of her work in the district is about $38 million. She has received the National AARP Purpose Prize in 2023, the Benefit Mutuals Philanthropist of the Year Award in 2023, the Columbus Foundation's Outstanding Philanthropist in 2021, and Everyday Hero 2019 Award from the Dispatch Media Group for her outstanding work. She is a Phi Beta Kappa, summa cum laude, graduate of North Carolina State University. Welcome to Grassroot Ohio, Zerka. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it very much. So you're running for Congress, but let's talk first about your community work on the west side of Columbus. Okay. Um, I actually started from Hilliard because I lived in Hilliard uh, for 16 years and I recently moved to Grove City. So I got involved into school district first because my children were going to school and I was doing a national domestic um, violence campaign all over the country from for five years when I learned about children being trafficked from from Columbus to Nashville and Minnesota. And I learned about it. I was shocked to know that some of these girls were running away because they, uh, they, they, they were thinking that they were being abused by their parents. So I jumped in. I repurposed my life. I started this new organization after doing my research that on Sullivan Avenue, 40% of Columbus sex trafficking and drug deals happen. And having learned that and understanding that there was a large population of about five to 7,000 Muslim refugees, uh, children, I knew that it's going to be a big challenge for them because the parents don't know language or culture or anything. So I started this organization thinking that I will be serving the, the I will be rescuing girls from the human trafficking on Sullivan Avenue. Started with an, a, a small store and uh, um, then turned it into a family pantry, food pantry. And that food pantry has grown to the point that it is a mid-Ohio food market open for four days a week. We are serving 2,500 plus people from this organization on a weekly basis right now. We have grown into food pantry, soup kitchen, um, health, uh, health screening, vaccination programming, education program is separate. And the most important thing that has happened with this work is that we found that the um, the gun violence is a big deal. The gang violence is a big deal. So instead of really rescuing the girls from the human trafficking, what I found the Muslim kids and especially these, you know, refugee kids with parents who are not able to protect them being involved into gangs and drugs and all of that because this area was 
very high on that. Wedgwood apartment has a history of 30 years of human trafficking and drug use, which I didn't know. When I started, I thought this is Section 8 housing. I'll be helping with food and, you know, protection and those kind of things. But Carolyn, really, really, I'm humbled to report to you that the work we have done with the soccer program, which is Hilltop Tiger Soccer, Soccer Club, and the, the after-school program being funded by Ohio uh, Department of Education and, and United Way of Central Ohio, Columbus Foundation, Women's Fund of Central Ohio, all of these different nonprofit um, uh, trust and also government agencies that have helped us we have become a multi-million organization right now with 50 plus staff and i was just in the in the in the pantry on saturday and i just couldn't believe we served 245 families in just few hours it was all full and it's everybody it's it's latino people it's somali people it's afghani people it's a black white you name it we have them and we are serving them and we are serving them with so many more resources. So I'm humbled and, and I am proud that as a community, we were able to take care of so many people. We have reached more than, served more than 300,000, you know, clients so far. You have worked tirelessly and effectively for your community. Yes. Talk about why you are running to represent Ohio Congressional District 15 in Washington, D.C., I have worked more than 30 years now as a small business owner, as a nonprofit leader. I have, at one point, I managed a TV channel. I understand what small business owners go through. I understand being an immigrant myself. I understand what immigration is like. I am a Pakistani American. I have lived through 9-11 and all of that. But in last 10 years, in my district, I have seen the kind of poverty. I, I just can't believe this is 2024 America, this is Columbus, this is Ohio, and we have homeless people. Our veterans are homeless. Our children are hungry. And why I'm going to Washington is because Washington is where the policies are made, where the budgets are drawn, from gun violence to USDA to, to what kind of food people are getting. As a nonprofit, we are not allowed to pass winter coats and boots to children who do not have a social security number. Then on the top, the problem is so many of them have social security number, but the nonprofit organizations are not the right people to give. I mean, you know, this is not a secure system. So there are so many policies. Caroline, there are so many policies that our Congress decides. And because of those policies, what happens in our neighborhoods that we can pass food sometimes. We cannot take care of children, Section 8 housing to everything. So I want to go because I am the boots on the ground. Right now, there are three candidates running for this. I am the only one who is a woman leader on the ground. I have given these, especially last 10 years, as pro bono, non-profit leader who has been, I have been at the funerals, I have paid the utility bills, I have paid the rent, I have taken care of these families, and I have seen how we can empower them and how we can change them. And we can help our middle class, which I'm very afraid that we are, we have a crisis that our middle class is depleting and this needs to be addressed. So you think your work would be more effective in, in DC rather than at the Ohio State House? 
Yes, I believe that. And and there is a reason for that. Me having experience with international businesses, I have also been an advocate for human rights. I have been to D.C. and Capitol Hill several times. I have worked with Republicans and Democrats both and everybody else for so many different humanitarian crises all over the world, but also for the policies matter. So I will just give you one example. In last summer in Wedgwood, we applied for summer meals program. We applied for 400 meals. In those 400 meals, we we know that there are about 2,000 children in Wedgwood. Wedgwood has median income of $6,000 annual income. This is the poorest community that you could ever imagine, right? In this apartment complex, we knew that we would be passing at least 400 meals every day. Guess what? We were supposed to have these setting. The children are supposed to come and eat there. We are not supposed to give them to their homes. We are not supposed to pass it to their parents. So the child has to come and sit there and eat. And he said, okay, that we will do. We set the tables outside, rental offices, a small. Second day, a shooting happened. Fifth day, another shooting happened. While we are serving the food, there are firing cases. There are shootings happening. This is a gun violence area. We don't want our staff to be in that, you know, situation. We don't want our volunteers. We don't want children to be sitting there and being, you know, we have these children are already traumatized. So I said, we will give the food to these kids. They can eat in their homes. We don't want them to be outside. We were not allowed to. Our food orders were canceled. We Our service was paused and I reached out to governor's office. I reached out to my carry's office. I wrote them emails. I did everything. And I was told that this is USDA policy, so only congressmen can help. I talked to his assistant and nothing happened about it. So this is just one example I'm telling you. TANF grants, nonprofit organizations get TANF grants. There are a lot of TANF grants. Our organization is receiving TANF grants. These TANF grants have requirements that are impossible to do because I believe that the people who are passing, they have good intentions probably, but they have never worked on grounds. They don't know how we can really empower and help. So why I want to be in Congress, because these money and that policies that come down to governor's office, to a state, to everything, they are bound by those policies and laws that need to be addressed if we want to change our community situation. What is your area? What land encompasses the 15th district? Okay, so it is new district. This is very interesting. No elections, congressional elections have happened on this district before. This is a very new district. In this district, we have, you can start from Groveport. We have District 5 of the State House District, which is like some of the Black Lakes, Reynoldsburg area. Then you go into Groveport, Grove City, Dublin, Hilliard, all of Hilliard, Plain City, the part in the Franklin County is part of it. Dublin, most of the part of the, in the Franklin County is part of this uh, district. Then you go into the suburb of Springfield, which is the Clark County. And Springfield itself is not. And then you go be- beyond that, you go into Miami County. We have some part of uh, Shelby. We have entire Madison County in this. It's a large district, but 65% of constituents are in Franklin County. Because it's a big area, but it is less population in the rest of it. Troy, Piqua, London, these are the major cities outside Franklin County. Why do you feel you are the best candidate to represent this large district of people in Ohio? Because, as again, I am a doer. I am a doer. So I, let me give you an example. I'm not a career politician. I'm not your establishment candidate. And I am not a coal mine lobbyist. That's what my opponents are right now. We have one state rep who has 
nothing to show that they have done in last seven years. And I am one of the organization in that district. We had to hire lobbyists to get something for our organization for the children who were dying. We didn't see these people at any funerals. We didn't see these people to come forward and say, can we have, you know, what do we need to do to protect these children? So that's just one example. When you have even a small district, that's where you were born and you didn't get anything done, then, you know, how can we trust for the rest of the community that you will be able to do when you didn't have do anything in seven years, right? I believe I am the best person because this district also has a large population of mixed community. This district has more independent voters. They are from diverse community. We have a large population for Muslim community. We have a large population of Latino community. This district is looking for a person who can understand both sides. Me being a small business owner, being raised by a very lower middle class parents, Coming here, going through the struggles, understanding that how the you live, you know, check to check and then growing a business and being very successful as a businesswoman, somebody who has managed a TV channel, somebody who has worked in international trade expos and organized international trade expos, somebody who understands foreign policy right now at this point when we know I am a person who has who understand the local challenges and I understand the foreign challenges and I'm a compassionate mother and that's what drives me and that compassionate mother is gonna fight for justice is gonna do everything and I'm not gonna be bought by spatial interest dollars so I believe that this district is very unique district and I understand that there are challenges. I have been doing listening sessions. I have been going to Madison County. I've been going to Clark County. I'm trying to understand some of the areas that I've never been before. And I understand that, you know, I'm not maybe understanding every single constituents of mine right now, but I'm committed to. I'm committed to because I understand that it will be my responsibility to bring that change that I'm talking about. I cannot trust these two people that they'll be able to because one has exploited the coal mine labors for 30 years, for 30 years. And then they are still being supported by, you know, these mega Republicans and everything. On the other side, we have somebody who is from here, but there is nothing tangible. I, being a pro bono nonprofit leader, has delivered $38 million impact, have created jobs, have created safe neighborhoods, have saved lives, have made sure address the food insecurity, like tangible things. That's why I believe that I am the best candidate. This is Carolyn Harding with Grassroots Ohio, and today I'm talking with Zerka Abid. She is a candidate for the U.S. Congress, Ohio District 15. You are originally from Pakistan. You're an active Muslim. What is your stand on separation of church and state? I think it should 100% be separated. I am a social services provider right now. And I am telling you that separation of all religion from a state is absolutely important. Because we are a pluralistic community. Everybody has their own faith and, you know, practices and everything, but we can all live together on the base of humanity and, and common grounds. I strongly believe that there is no compulsion in religion and an Islamic view is that we cannot force anybody to become Muslim and nobody should be forcing us to become anything else. I believe in complete separation. They should be two separate things and we should not force any kind of doctrine in public education 
or any of the public sphere that is a space that is actually funded by taxpayer dollars. I know you've been a strong advocate for interfaith alliances. In fact, four years ago, you were mm -hmm. on Grassroot Ohio with a Jewish cantor, Jack Chomsky, talking mm -hmm. about your interfaith alliance. Well, right now, Israel and Gaza is on most people's mind. Mm -hmm. In D.C., you would have a voice in this war. What is your stand on the ceasefire? I am unapologetically in favor of ceasefire. I'm a mother, a grandmother, an interfaith leader, as you mentioned. I am an anti-war and anti-gun violence activist. With all of that, I mourned on October 7th. And I always, every single time I see any loss of life, innocent life, I mourn on. I have mourned on 9-11. I have mourned on all of the lives that are lost after 9-11 in retaliation, all the civilians people. And I am mourning the lives of these 30,000 plus people who have been died. I am haunted by these cries of these children. This is, this is unbelievable. And I cannot believe that in this age and era, when we have iPhones, when these six-year-old, five-year-old children are able to record things and we are able to see what's going on on the other side, I just can't believe that the world is letting it happen for more than 100 and so many days. And this is something that is I would always advocate not to let anybody take in anybody's life in this situation. So I am pro-ceasefire. I am against any kind of support to any entity that would um, commit, you know, that would violate international war crime and all of that. This is unacceptable. All right. I'm going to ask you uh, quite a few questions about different issues. These are progressive issues that are mm -hmm. near and dear to most folks that are listening to Grassroot Ohio. I'd like to know, as a, as a Muslim woman, what is your stand on women's reproductive rights as a woman and as a community leader? I am a life, lifetime women rights advocate. Um, I am a daughter of a ma mother who graduated in master's, did master's in 1965 Pakistan. So I'm raised by her. I am 100% for full authority and full rights for control of for women on their bodies, on their lives, on their decisions. And being a Muslim, I am even more supportive because Islamic position is also that this is between a woman and their family and their doctors, there is nobody else should be part of that decision that what a woman needs to do when they need to make a decision for themselves. So, so I am 100% for that. And I also, I also believe for my district, especially, I think this, this district has shown by in, during last two elections that this is a pro-woman, pro-woman right district. And I, we have seen that when women, you know, are empowered, the communities are empowered. That's why if we uh, we have seen all kind of research and I believe that we need to give equal rights and not just, you know, about the reproduction, but also equal pay is very important. Equal respect is very important. I also believe being an immigrant, Pakistani, brown, Muslim, hijabi woman, that this is the time that we open up for all women to show their talent, to, to give them equal rights. And, and opportunities so they can really give back to the community and empower us. And we become a stronger Ohio and a stronger America by the inclusion of everybody who is part of our community. 
does this in your platform include trans women and LGBTQIA people of all sexual orientations? Yeah, you know, so so I am all about justice. This is this is the issue of human rights. This is an issue of simple human rights. How people want to live, what they want to practice, who they want to obey, or who they want to love. This is their human rights. There is no compulsion in Islam. There is no compulsion in American law. So for me, there is no other way around that every single person who is peace-loving who is not hurting other people, who is for the society, who is to support us, you know, they, we should be all uh, social justice allies. And that's how I have dear brothers, friends, sisters who have been from all kind of a spectrum and I love them and I miss them. I have lost him. Um, I have lost Ruben. You all know him very well. He was like a brother to me because he always stood for us. And this is how our community is. So I am... 100% consider them my brothers and sisters and social justice allies and their personal lives are their personal life. My personal life is my personal life. As much as I don't want a Muslim kid to be hurt and discriminated and pushed back for who they are and what they practice, I would fight for every other child, every other person in my district and across America because we should be respecting people's basic human rights. What is your stand on the minimum wage? So we are a nonprofit right now, but almost everybody is getting like, you know, where we are. Maybe we have a couple of people with the grant restriction that are not. I am all for at least 50%, uh, sorry, $15. Mm-hmm. And $15, we say livable wage, but the kind of inflation we have is not even, even enough. So majority of people in my organization are now between $15 and $20. Because that's the way to go. And I, we believe that this is, we need to give people enough salary so they can have some quality time with their families. They can, they can take care of their other businesses also. I am sick and tired of seeing two and three, the parents doing two to three jobs and their children being left alone because there is nobody to take care of them. So I definitely believe that we should, I will fight for at least minimum wage of $15 and also equal pay for women, which is very important. What about taxes for corporations and for wealthy folk? Oh, I I think the system is definitely where we are all messed up because we are creating bigger and bigger gap between the wealthy and the not, you know, and the poor people, which is why we are depleting our economy. And that's why I am in favor of having more taxes on the corporates. Corporates are the ones that are actually sucking all of the energy from our communities. And and they are the ones who are getting richer. And we are having fewer and fewer people who are too rich. And then they control our election and our our voting process and everything. So yes, I I definitely would want to have lower taxes and more benefits for the working class people. For the people who are first-time employees, I want to see more benefits for them, more credits for them, so they become more independent. And actually, if you invest in them, they will give back more. I have created jobs for refugees, Carolyn. And when we create jobs for them and we put them in workforce development program, the next year they are actually paying the taxes. And that's the best way to improve our economy. What about unions? 
Are oh, you a supporter? Of course. I mean, I believe then unions are, if we didn't have unions, I don't know what will happen in this country because unions are the one who are the gatekeepers of all the rights and the, and the workforce, you know, not just the opportunities, uh, but making sure that, you know, nobody is discriminated, making sure that the work environment is the healthy environment and clean and everything. So I am very much supportive of all unions. I think they are good. I definitely still believe that there has to be, you know, when we make it a political statement, it's very difficult. I believe that there is, there is, everything is not black and white. There are gray areas. I believe that there are issues. I believe there are issues in all kind of, in, in families, there are issues. So I believe that instead of making a political fight, what needs to happen between the corporates and the, and the unions, between the employers and the unions is that we need to sit down and we need to sort out the things instead of making it so we can make it win. And winning is important as a community, as a society. So I am 100% pro-union and being a small business owner, I also understand the challenges and I definitely would want to support unions of all kinds of people and I would love to work with them. What is your stand on Medicare for all? I have taken care of my mother in a stroke for two years and that actually opened up my eyes to so many challenges that nobody even think about. From healthcare to also senior care. Both of these are kind of, you know, intertwined because there is a time when seniors don't need anything but the proper health care. So I, I believe that there has to be full health care should be provided. I especially believe that, you know, again, because I'm from Pakistan and I was told that America is the first world country and everything should be here best. I just cannot accept that in America, in 2024 America, our citizens, our children, our vets, all everyday people are not covered. And we should have a full, proper health care provided to all of them. And it is doable, again, if we put better taxes, tax system for the corporates and we bring that money back to our, our communities, we can do that. What is your stand on climate change and sustainable energy? I'm a grandmother. And my grandchildren are under are seven and, and younger. And I know that they are going to be the victim of this whole global warming crisis that is going to happen. So I am very concerned about it. And we already have started several groups of, you know, youth who are being trained about how to address this global warming issue. I believe that, you know, green energy jobs are very important. They're sustainable, you know, outcomes of all of these different things that are happening important. I believe that America has to take a new route and America has to be leader. America was leader. I believe that, you know, in, in the time of President Obama, we did wonderful work. And then we went back in the time of, you know, unfortunately, the next president that we had. And we are kind of back uh, in, uh, under President Biden's leadership. I believe that climate change needs drastic actions because we have only less than a decade left now to stop global warming and to address it. From the South Asia side that I am from, we know that Bangladesh and many other countries are under the crisis that they will be gone if we don't do the things right and we have to plan big time overall in the global economy. So with that, I, I think that environment protection and stopping global warming is very important. We need to do everything from the local community to the global level. And there's so much to work to be done. 
Some people advocate that natural gas and nuclear are sustainable sources of energy. Will you commit to really learning about the true cyclical impact of fracking and natural gas extraction and nuclear because of the waste stream? And will you commit to learn more about this issue and make sure that you take a stand to protect Ohio's water, air and soil? Yes, I am committed to it. I am against fracking. I've been part of several different um, protests about this, several advocacy about it. Clean water is a major issue. Right now, we have been part of a coalition within Columbus also to protect the clean water just for the Columbus community. So I am very much aware of it. But yes, of course, there is so much to learn. There is so much to learn. There is so much to learn on the farmland. There is so much to learn. I am amazed to learn, for example, that the in our Madison County area, there are ditches that are problem. There's transportation that is problem. There are farmers who have their own issues that we in the suburban area don't even think about. So yes, Carolyn, I understand that I might not be on top of every single issue, but what I know that I am a doer, I know that I am a learner, I know that I am committed and I have dedicated my life for social justice and environmental justice and economic justice. And I think that this is the struggle that America has. And as an American mother and as American leader, I want to make sure that all children are protected and all families have opportunity to thrive and and be successful and achieve their American dreams. So just imagine What can I do for you when I become your Congresswoman? I am committed. I am dedicated. I have shown that even being from another land, I came here, I learned, I became part of this family. I adopted Ohio and I have made Ohio a better, safer and stronger place for so many. And I want to do this more. Thank you so much for joining us today, Zorka. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You've been listening to Grassroot Ohio radio podcast with Zerka Abit, community leader and candidate for U.S. Congress, Ohio District 15. In addition to our Friday 5 p.m. broadcast on WGRN LPFM, Grassroot Ohio now airs on Sundays at 2 p.m. on WCRS-FM. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for joining us. There's a time to listen and learn, a time to organize and strategize, and a time to stand up, fight back. I'm down, I'm down.